Good morning. I want to welcome each and everyone here present this morning, and also to everyone who's listening or watching us via TV or the web. I don't know that we have any college students here this morning, right? But if there's one here, welcome. <laughs> also, welcome to anyone who's here for the very first time. Welcome to CMC. We're glad you're here. I'd like you to join me to call to worship. We who gather this morning are intricately connected with all people of the world through our Creator. Estamos conectados a otros a través de Dios, el Creador. We come to worship our Creator. Venimos a adorar a nuestro Creador. Con la tierra, along with all the earth, we cry out for the saving power of Jesus Christ. Clamamos a Jesucristo a que nos salve. We come to see Jesus. Venimos a ver a Jesucristo. We want to be animated by the Holy Spirit. Animado por el Espíritu Santo to seek justice for the earth and all its people. Buscamos la justicia para la tierra y para todas las personas. We come to breathe in the Holy Spirit. Venimos a respirar el Espíritu Santo. I invite you to stand and join your voices together in singing number 367 in the Blue Hymnal of Worship book, For the Healing of the Nations.
Our next song is in the purple Sing the Storybook, number 53. I want to just notice that this particular, the name of this tune, every tune that we have has a name to it, but the name of this tune comes from the name of a Cambodian refugee camp. So the author of the text and uh, composer of the music have that kind of experience in their consciousness as they're writing this song. This morning, we have uh, a few prayers. I want to share the announcements, then we'll pray for them. We want to pray for Sylvia Jackson as she prepares for surgery. We want to pray for Arlene Claassen. She's preparing for open heart bypass surgery. Eber Rice is preparing for kidney surgery. And Rosemary Fry 
has begun hospice care. So we want to pray for them, as well as pray for MYF, the delegates, and everyone who's going to participate at MCUSA convention. We also want to thank the Lord for the Home Builders Sunday School class, which met for the last time this morning, I understand. After 75 years, today was their last meeting. Amen to that. We also want to pray for the family of Milton and Ruth Sender. Their daughter-in-law, Wilma, died Saturday morning. So these are the requests that I have. Will you join me in prayer? Father, thank you for your abundant love, mercy, compassion, and grace. We believe this because Jesus gave himself for us and your love is expressed through him. And he taught us that you care about us. You're concerned about us. You think about us and you feel for us. When we're in pain, you're there. When we're sick, you're there. Whatever our situation, whatever tomorrow brings, you're there with us. And so I present to you these families, these people who are preparing for surgery. I ask, Father, that you would give them peace, that you would use the surgeons, that they would apply their knowledge and wisdom and that it would be a blessing to your children. As they go through this time, let them feel your presence and peace, that you're there with them. I ask for the Sender family, as they mourn the loss of someone they love dearly, give them as well peace and be with them. I also ask you for everyone who's going to participate at the MCUSA convention. I pray for MYF heading in that direction and whoever else is traveling in that direction, that they would have safe travels, that their experiences there would be meaningful and deep, and that it would be a time of refreshing and blessing and fellowship. Lord, I also draw your attention this morning to our community. Many needs as well in this community. Outside of these walls, there are people hurting, people concerned about tomorrow. Father, use your people here in Elkhart County to touch, to reach out, to give a kind word, to give a word of comfort. Use your people, for your honor, for your glory. Bless the work of College Mennonite Church. Bless us, Lord, that we may touch this community according to its needs. You are aware 
of the situation there in the border, southern border. Lord, there's a lot of hurt, a lot of confusion, and there's a lot of ignorance in Washington. Lord, speak to that situation and have mercy. We thank you for your many blessings, Father, and we thank you for we're confident that if we ask anything in Jesus' name, we shall receive it. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. As the children come into the circle for the children's time, the rest of us will sing number 397 in the hymnal worship book, God Loves All His Many People. And if you find that you'll be able to sing this song better if you stand, feel free to do so. Good morning. This is a special Sunday. It is the last Sunday of our Sunday school year. So our Sunday school year officially starts in September and goes through June. So this is the last Sunday that you'll kind of be doing what you've been doing all year with the kids that you've been doing those things with and the teachers you've been doing those things with. In July, we just don't have Sunday school. We have other things going on instead. And in August, we have Sunday school time, but it's a little different. And then in September, we start a new Sunday school year. So um, many of you, if you've been going to a Sunday school class for this last year, will be headed to a different one 
when you come back to Sunday school in September. And I'm, I'm a pastor, but I'm also a mom. And I know that the grown-ups who bring you to church are really grateful for all of the people here at, at church who teach you and grow and learn with you during Sunday school. And I know you are too. So I have a question. What do you think an appropriate way to tell them thank you right now would be? Any ideas? Yeah? Anything? What's the way that you say thank you? Yeah. You can make something for someone. That would be something you could even do when you go back to your seats. Uh huh, and do something kind. Make a card. Yes, those are great ways to say thank you. And you just said something too, Chris. What did you say? Do you remember? He said, say thank you. I think that's a, something that we could probably all do right now. So um, I'm not going to make all the Sunday school teachers who've been with you this year stand up, but um, let's just all of us stand up and turn out here. And on the count of three, we're going to yell a big thank you, okay? You ready? Stand up and look out. And um, if you could make it loud enough that they can hear you, that would be great. And I, um, I've been in your Sunday school classrooms, so I know that you are capable of this. All right. Can you turn to face out to the people instead of facing me? If that makes you nervous, you don't have to, but you can if, you, if you're up for it. Ready? One, two, three. Thank you. Yes. All right. Have a seat. Thank you, teachers. <laughs> All right. Now, it being the last day of Sunday school also means that it's the last day for this year's Sunday school offering. Anyone have a memory of what your Sunday school offering is going for this year? I know you've talked about it a few times during the year. Yes. Anyone? We just talked about it in our house, so I'm pretty sure someone knows. But um, it's going to Indonesia. So um, there's some peacemaking work that Mennonite Central Committee is doing in Indonesia, or not Mennonite Central Committee, excuse me, Mennonite Mission Network is doing in Indonesia. And that's where our Sunday school offering has been going this year. Now they sent us some materials for helping to understand this. They sent a picture of children in Indonesia. Um, you've seen that picture? I think this is up in some of your Sunday school classrooms. I looked at that and I thought, that's nice, but we can actually, we can just look around and see a few other people from Indonesia, can't we? <laughs> we because we have people in our congregation who grew up in Indonesia and who've been there, and that's part of the reason we chose this project, is because um, when we learn about other places in the world, it's always good to learn about those places from the people who are actually from them. So that's what we are trying to do this year. Um, the money that you have been raising this year um, is going for a special project in Indonesia. There's a school there, and the school is called Happy Holy Kids Elementary School. And the money that you have collected, which is $102 for the Sunday school year, I had Scott look that up for us, 
All of that is going to help the children in those schools to have healthy snacks to eat when they're there and to have school supplies. And you know that it's important to have things like paper and a snack to eat at some point in the day. Those things help you learn. So that's what that money that you raised is going for. So when you are in Sunday school today and you maybe use some Sunday school materials um, or you eat your snack, you can remember that that money you've been raising is going to help other children have that same opportunity. Caleb, can you come up here? Um, so I, as he's coming up, I have a question for all of you. We've been talking a lot this year about um, caring for the earth. And we're talking right now about caring about children who are completely on the other side of the world from us. And we talk about caring about all the people who come here, wherever they are from. Why? Why do we care? Any ideas about why we care? Yeah? It is kind, yeah. Yeah, that's a good reason to care. We need to be kind. And there's actually a song that Caleb's going to help lead now that says a really basic reason that we care. Um, and this song is called God Made the Earth. Some of you already know this song. And um, I think most of you actually who know it know the words better than I do, so you'll need to help quite a lot. Um, so a big reason that we care is simply that God made the earth, and God made all of the people and all of the creatures on this earth, and that's why we care. All right, can you sing and play at the same time? Maybe not. Maybe not? Okay, you play, and Zeph's going to sing, and join in, Okay. Ready? Let's let Caleb give us a, a key here so we start in the same key. God made the earth, God made the sky, God made the clouds go floating by, God made the fish deep in the sea. guys for leading that. All right, let's pray together. God, thank you for making each person here in your own image. Thank you for making each person all around the world in your own image. Help us to see others as you, as made in your image. And help us to see all of your earth as something that you made and that we are called to care for. Thank you for the Sunday school year. Thank you for this project we've been able to do and for the way that that work will go to help children across the world from us. In Jesus' name, amen.
I have a card that you can take home with you that will let you look up some more information about that offering project if you'd like. So grab that, grab a worship bag, and head back to your seats. And we will sing number 69 in the green Sing the Journey book, Cuando el Pobre. Please feel free to sing in English or in Spanish. And please note that verses three and four are on the facing page from where we start. A special guest with us today to preach the sermon. Jose Chihuape was born in Chicapa in the Kasai region of the Democratic Republic of Congo. 
His parents are still there, and his father is a Mennonite pastor. After growing up in the Mennonite Church of Congo, Jose earned a bachelor's degree in international relations at Kinshasa University. He immigrated to the U.S. in 2011 and now resides in Elkhart, where he attends Prairie Street Mennonite Church. Jose is currently completing a social work degree at Goshen College and also just graduated from the Journey program at AMBS, and he works at Greencroft here in Goshen. Welcome, Jose. Thank you. Join me in a prayer of blessing, and then I'll read our scripture for this morning. God, thank you for your servant, Jose. Thank you for your protection and guidance of him in his growing up years in the Democratic Republic of Congo and here in the USA. We thank you for the gifts of leadership and care and preaching that you have nurtured in him. And we thank you for giving him a willing heart to share your message and to share his story with us. Speak through him this morning. Engage our ears, our minds, our hearts, our bodies to hear your word. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Jose's first scripture that he will be pre preaching on this morning comes from Leviticus chapter 19, verses 33 and 34. So we get to hear a sermon on Leviticus, not an everyday occurrence. <laughs> Let's read that together. When an alien resides with you in your land, you shall not oppress the alien. The alien who resides with you shall be to you as the citizen among you. You shall love the alien as yourself, for you were aliens in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. And the second scripture passage comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 25, verses 34 through, 30, through 40. Excuse me. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you that are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food, or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you, or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, Truly, I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. God bless you this morning, Jose. Thank you. <clears throat> Is my song ready? Il n'est pas possible de se taire. Pas du tout, Seigneur, pas du tout. Les 
L'exploitation de l'homme par l'homme dure encore et se poursuit. Non et non, pas du tout, absolument non et non. Nos silences parfois nous trahissent. Il n'est pas possible de se taire. La sécurité de l'homme n'est plus. Et n'est plus Seigneur. Et n'est plus. Chacun ne peut l'assurer à son hôte, car la justice n'est plus. Non et non, pas du tout, absolument non et non. Nos silences parfois nous trahissent. Il n'est pas possible de se taire. À toi, Dieu, nous cherchons un refuge. Il est en Seigneur, soutiens-nous. Car les méchants qui dirigent ce monde veulent bien nous écraser. Non et non, pas du tout, absolument non et non. Nos silences parfois nous trahissent. Il n'est pas possible de se taire. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It doesn't always happen among Mennonites. Uh, would you please uh, be the preacher just for one second? Look at your neighbor. The guy sitting by your side, look at them. Say, neighbor. Oh, neighbor. Please tell me, where are you from? When was the last time somebody asked you, where are you from? Or better, where are you really from? A year ago, three, a month, you don't remember? Well, maybe. But some of us are lucky enough that we get asked that question at least three or four times a week depending on how many people you happen to encounter. <laughs> and uh, every time I get asked that question, it's as if I was reminded of the fact that I am different. 
it sounds to my ear as if you were telling me that, you know, just by your dress, just by your look, uh, I don't think you're from here. Uh, you have an accent. Uh, so where are you from? It reminds me uh, in 2011, when I freshly came from the Congo, uh, I did happen to work at a daycare. And as I was reading for kids, five or six year old, I realized that there was this young girl who really, really looked confused. And uh, her name was Egypt, she was African American. And I asked her, hey Egypt, you look so confused girl, what's going on? She looked at me and honestly told me, Mr. Ose, you speak so funny. I was like, well, something is about to go down here. Uh, I must have heard this before, girl, but uh, let me get things straight for you. So you're telling me that no matter how well I have been working on my accent, I still sound funny, huh? Okay, guess what? You speak funny too. Just because I don't speak like you do doesn't mean that I speak funny and you don't. So, but she, she finally became my best friend ever. I so much loved her and miss her. So that tells you that there was something different between her and me. Long story short, I am an immigrant. The first time I preached this sermon at Prairie Street Manai Church was on the Anabaptist World Fellowship Sunday. And the theme that was chosen for that Sunday was justice on the journey, migration, and the Anabaptist Mennonite story. You may agree with me that there is no way we can talk about Anabaptists or Mennonite without talking about immigration. There's no way. And the reason is because Anabaptists or Mennonites are the people of immigration. In fact, if we have Anabaptists, Mennonite in North America, United States, in Goshen, in this room right here, it's because sometime in the past, there was some form of immigration and then we end up where we are. That is what immigration is all about. Anabaptists value this notion of immigration for two main reasons. The first is, as I just mentioned, they are themselves the people of immigration. But the second reason is that they believe in the Bible. They believe in how the Bible defines this notion of immigration. And throughout the entire Bible, we see that God cares deeply 
about three groups of people. God loves everybody the same way. God is not picky. But for some reason, God cares deeply about three groups of people. And here they are. God cares deeply about widows. Secondly, God cares deeply about orphans. And finally, moreover, God cares deeply about strangers. And now, feel free to use whatever term fits in your vocabulary, stranger, alien, foreigner, immigrant. The idea is people who sometime in the past, somewhere, for some reason, decided to go from where they were and end up being here among us. That is what immigration is all about. Immigration is one of the most hot topics in our nation, in our society today. We don't spend a single day in this country of ours without talking about immigration. Politicians talk about immigration. They fight. They get divided over what are the best rules we need for our nation. Churches talk about immigration. Social workers talk about immigration. In fact, just as Talasha said here, I am completing a degree at, at Goshen College in social work, and immigration is one of the topics that we most of the time talk about. Everybody talks about immigration. At the end of last year, if you have a good memory, our nation went through one of the longest partial government shutdown. All because the Congress and the President couldn't agree on how much we needed to spend on building a wall on our southern border. One group among politicians thought we need, we need it, and we still do, they guess, they say, that wall to protect ourselves against illegal immigrants as well as drug trafficking. And another group thinks, well, we can still, you know, be okay without that wall. They got divided, and you know what happened. Later on, the government was reopened, and the president declared a national emergency. And after that, even now, when you watch news, you see what is happening talking about immigration. And the question is, what is the church, body of Christ, saying about all this? 
are we standing by CNN or are we standing by Fox News? Where in the midst of all this debate do we as a church stand? After his trip from Mexico, uh, the Pope was asked what he thought about the war. His answer was, a person who thinks only about building walls, wherever they may be, and not building bridges, is not Christian. In other words, we need more bridges than wall. But now let's go back to where we came from, the text that we just read. Leviticus chapter 19, verse 33 and 34. I don't think you need any Hebrew class to understand those two verses. They are so clear. Do not mistreat strangers who live among you. Treat them like your native born because you were a stranger. You were strangers in Egypt. I am the Lord your God. If you look closely to those two verses, they are not talking about those who are on the other side of the border working hard to make it in, although we need to care about them too. But those verses are talking about those, some of us, who were lucky enough to make it in. Those verses are about those strangers, those foreigners who live among you. They work with you. Their children go to school with your children or with your grandchildren. They worship with you. They are sitting in this room right here with you by your side. In fact, one of them is talking to you right now. And the question is, how in the world do you treat them? One day I was eating uh, lunch at a place with a friend at a subway place. As we were eating, I heard somebody yelling, being angry, and turned to see what was happening. And he was this young man, I presume American, yelling, talking, being nasty to this other person whom by the look you can tell is not from here. And this young man was just using words that I would not use here because we are in church, but just guess some words that some angry person may use to somebody else all because they look different. 
I asked my friend whom I was visiting with and said, uh, bro, do you really mind if I go and uh, punch that guy in the face? <laughs> I don't look like I would do it, do I? I was angry. I was so angry because I did put myself in that person who was being bullied. And I was angry, not toward this young man, but toward everybody else in that room, in that restaurant. Because as he was yelling, as he was angry, as he was just acting in a way that nobody would control, Everybody sat there doing nothing, saying nothing, observing as if, as if nothing was happening. As a stranger, I expect to be bullied. I do expect to be threatened one way or the other by somebody claiming to belong to here. I would understand that. But what I would not understand is me being threatened, bullied, and all of you sitting there saying nothing. We do that all the time, and you know that. What we always do is we would walk away, go home, tell others how bad we have become as a nation. Okay, but you were there. This nation is becoming bad. What did you do? And it's easy for you to put the blame on whomever. Okay, go post things on Facebook about what you saw in the restaurant. Okay, and then what? What do you do for those who feel abandoned when you know that they need you? What do you do on your holidays with some of those friends in this church? You know, they don't have family on holidays. How do they spend their holidays? I do spend my holidays most of the time home alone because everybody is busy with family and there I am, I ain't got no family and there I'm in my house either watching TV or doing whatever. What do you do with those strangers? I don't always watch TV. I really don't, but every once in a while I would. Uh, and when I watch TV, most of the time it's either YouTube or Netflix. And one day as I got tired of 
Netflix and YouTube. I don't have a cable. I just took my remote and started, you know, searching and things on my TV. By the way, my TV is smart. I got a smart TV. And uh, so as I was, you know, playing with my remote and with my TV and things, I realized that there was a possibility for me to watch uh, ABC, even without cable. Like, okay, well, let me see uh, what ABC offers. They have a program called uh, What Would You Do? So in What Would You Do, what they do is they would choose people and uh, give them roles, tell them what to do, and put them out there on a, on a public place, and they would act as if they were just you know, normal people, but cameras are standing there watching to see how other people, how the public react to what is happening among these people doing things. And in this scenario, they chose a lady and gave her a hijab. You know, you know what a hijab is? So it's a head covering for women in Muslim countries. So she had a hijab and had a car with a flat tire and she pulled over trying to fix her tire to make sure she can continue. And as she was doing this, I'm not going to tell you how many people drove by without caring at all until this other person came and parked and came to her and said, Assalamu alaikum. And she responded, hey, alaikum assalam. How is it that everybody is just driving by, nobody seems to care, and you think you are the one to park, come, and help me? He told her that just by your look, you are not lucky enough to have somebody stop by and help you. I thought, I could do this, and here I am. How can I help you? He helped her. And then cameras came, and Femme said, hey, listen, this is not real. We are just trying to do this and see how people react, how people are ready, eager to help others who are in need. Now, college men, brothers and sisters, do you only help people who look like you do? People who speak your language? People who have your last name? Or you help no matter who because we are a family of God? Who do you choose to help? The same lady went and changed clothes, didn't have a hijab, just looked like a regular American young lady. It didn't take too long before people started parking to come and help her. Now I wonder, were they helping her look 
or they were helping her as a person who needed help. And that mind isn't to be put on somebody. It is something that we need to think about. Jesus didn't want to end his ministry on earth without mentioning that group of people that we call strangers. He said, I was a stranger and you welcomed me in. I was hungry. You gave me something to eat. I was thirsty. You gave me something to drink. I was naked. You closed me. I was in prison, in hospital, and you came to see me. But do you know that in this nation of us, claimed to be the nation under God, people are being punished by doing what Jesus is asking us to do in Matthew 25? In Arizona last year, a group of volunteers got in trouble being judged by the federal judge for giving food to people, strangers who were dying. You know how hot it is in Arizona. So these people coming from down there, crossing the border, dying, and this group of volunteers provided food, clothes, water, got arrested, punished for doing what Jesus thought we need to do. I see there is a line right there between what is legal and what is ethical, moral, good, and right. Where do we stand in this debate between what we call legal and what is ethical, moral, and right? Are you ready to join in this ministry of Jesus, being the voice of those who are voiceless, empowering those who are powerless, defending those who are defenseless. Because that is what Jesus is calling us to do. Let's think of ways to do this. I work at Greencroft. I'm not going to tell you how some of us who look different care so much, 24 hours, for some of your loved ones who live there. Are we still that bad all because we look different? And to close, in the case of this friend I just talked about at the restaurant, you may ask me, well, what do you expect us to do if we were in that restaurant? I would expect you to show how much you care and at least say a word 
to this person being bullied, being threatened, and tell them how much you love them, how much you care, how much you, you are thankful that they are among you and that they bring something that you need. You don't have to engage with this bully person because you are afraid of being yourself in trouble with them, but at least would you come and tell me a word that would stick in me and that would tell me that these people are not all alike. Some of them are different. Some of them are loving. Some of them are caring. Some of them are good people. Would you? They told me uh, sermons don't last here at the college church. I better stop there, maybe to get a chance to come back again. Uh, thank you again for giving me this opportunity. It was glad to come and share with you and challenge you with uh, these few words. If you like this sermon, thank you. I'd be glad to come again. But if you didn't like it, invite me again anyway. I promise to do better the next time. Thank you. Thank you, Jose. Thank you for being faithful to the word that was given to you to speak to us. And thank you for doing it in a way that shows forth always the joy and always the, the power of God at work in you. Thank you. We will sing number 322 in the blue hymnal of worship book. And um, I'm going to suggest that when we uh, get to the second page, we sing verses one and three. And I invite you to stand if you are able.
This morning, we are welcoming Sylvia Jackson as a new member into our church family here at College Mennonite Church. Sylvia joins us by confession of faith and transfer of membership. She will share her faith story with us. Good morning. I've lived in the Goshen area for 44 years, born and raised in South Bend. I did my medical work at Oakland Hospital and Goshen Hospital. Since 2003, I have chaired Northern Indiana Disability Advocacy Network, a non-for-profit serving persons with disabilities. NIDEN relies solely on donations and fundraising. I have been a believer all my life, a member of many non-denominational churches, very active, and I grew up Methodist. For four years, I've served at Greencroft Goshen as a worship leader and attendance taker for the health care and Evergreen Place church services. I am also a committee member of the Spiritual Life Committee at Greencroft, and I work with the Mennonite chaplains and the retired Mennonite pastors in the area. This has been a growth experience for me even before I was involved in disability advocacy. I was called to minister to others. I have been a longtime member of Evergreen Singers, the Greencroft Curtain Raiser Groups, and many other things on the campus of Greencroft. I have been blessed over many years to be associated either through my work or through the community with many members of College Mennonite Church, Goshen Hospital, community advocacy organizations. These associations have mentored and strengthened my walk with the Lord. I ask for your prayers July 17th and 18th when I travel to Columbus, Ohio for a surgery, hoping for a good recovery to be able to continue using my gifts and challenge serving the Lord. Thank you. Sylvia, you have previously made a confession of faith and have been part of a faith community. We rejoice in your decision to become a member in covenant relationship with our community of believers at College Mennonite Church. Do you now affirm your faith in God and to engaging in God's work in the world? I do. As you become a member of our congregation, do you agree to worship, serve, and share in our ministries from both your financial resources and your skills and passions? participating in the giving and receiving of Christian love and counsel within this community of believers. I do. And to all of you, do you agree to receive Sylvia and open ourselves to fellowship with her, giving and receiving counsel, offering and accepting forgiveness, and joyfully receiving her as a partner in our spiritual family and in our mission to the world? If so, you may respond with, we do. Sylvia, I welcome you as a member here at College Mennonite. We are grateful that you are now part of our church family. Sylvia will share more of her story in an upcoming Sing magazine. 
Usually when we welcome a new member, they are out in the fellowship hall and we come and greet them and welcome them there and do a lot of handshaking. But because Sylvia needs to be very careful with exposure to all of our germs leading up to her surgery, we are going to hold off on that handshaking. Instead, she will join the reception for new members that we'll have um, when others join our church in September. So now, to welcome Sylvia, instead of joining her closely with all of our germs, we are going to form kind of a big family circle like we've done in welcoming families in the last few weeks. So I'd invite some of you to come forward, particularly those that Sylvia has asked to to be with her today, but others as well, um, to kind of form this part of the circle. You may go ahead and come up now if you're willing to do that. And um, the rest of you can... Um, reach out your arms toward each other as we sing Strangers No More. Um, So go ahead and stand, and let's join in the chorus of Strangers No More, number 322 in the blue hymnal. Welcome, Sylvia. Thank you very much. As we continue in worship, I invite you to bring forward your tithes and offerings. And you can pass your offering forward with a child who comes by your pew as well if you would like to. And please pass the friendship book, a little black pad of paper that is located at the end of your bench. Feel free to check over it and see who's on your pew if you don't know people's names as well.
Let's give thanks for the offerings. Father, thank you for your many blessings. From the abundance we receive from your hand, we give some back. Use it for this work and for your glory. In Christ's name, amen. Our final hymn is number 407 in the blue hymnal of worship book. We'll sing verses 1 and 3. May the Lord bless you, may the Lord keep you, may the Lord make his face shine upon you and give you peace. God bless you, go in peace.